This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Making Moves. I am so excited about today's guest. I'm here with the internet's mom, Mrs. Sarah Zyler. Hi. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing so great. I'm so excited you're here. No, I'm such a fan. I told Ellie, I was like, Ellie, I love you, but I'm sick and obsessed with your mom. No, it's mutual. (laughs) I need to ask you before we keep going, how is 75 Hard going? Because you're the only person that I know that I follow that seems to really be sticking with it. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I don't follow a lot of people that are doing it, but I still am like very invested. You know what? I am. You look great. Thank you. Your skin's amazing. I feel it in my skin and my body, honestly. Yeah. Just and like mentally. Like mm-hmm. I feel mentally really clear really? right now. What, yeah. what from what part? Is it the not drinking? Is it the fitness? Is it what do you think? Definitely the not drinking. Okay. Um, that's huge. I also think because I'm on such a strict routine, mm-hmm. which I have to be honest, right now in this moment, like the ca- last couple of days because I just got back from Miami. For a work thing, it threw me off. Like, I feel like it's hard to get back into it. I did it one day. Okay. And then the other days I was just working, like, I just couldn't. And I was traveling and stuff. But it's hard to get back on it. Once I'm on it, I'm like, I'm ready to go. Well, and you've come a long way. Thank you. Yeah, I think we're on, like, I don't know, like, day 35 right now. Wow. Which is, like, basically, yeah. Yeah. Basically halfway. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. So, do you feel like after... 75 days this will become a lifestyle or are you like day 76 I'm going to the bar and I'm getting after it I am definitely sober curious you are absolutely yeah I don't think I'll ever go full-blown sober but like after so I tried 75 hard last year and I stopped it about this time because I got strep throat two weeks in a row because it didn't go away the first time so it really threw me off and then I did 75 medium and I just didn't accomplish the whole thing so that's why I wanted to do it this year because I love a fresh start and I really wanted to finish it the correct way after I did that it made me realize how easy it is to not drink 
like I'm just such a social extroverted person that yeah. like I definitely don't use alcohol as a crutch it's more so that like I can feel loosey-goosey yeah, and like relax. make a, more of a fool of myself on the dance floor I guess but I'll do that sober like yeah. I really will so I guess yeah I, I'm definitely sober curious but I don't think I'll ever fully go sober sober just because it's not like you don't have a problem yeah, to I begin don't, with. Yeah, absolutely. And I like do enjoy a cocktail here and there or like yeah. a glass of wine. But that's the easiest part for me is giving up the Good drinking. Um, the hardest part is getting like a second workout in, especially yeah. an outdoor workout during the rain. Like I'm like, God bless people who live in Seattle. Like, yeah. How, how do, do they do it? How do they do 75 hard or just, just live? <laughs> I know. No, I agree. It's when you crazy. live in a cold climate and you see people who are in shape, you're like, wow. I know. I'm like, all I That's want. amazing. When I'm in the cold is like lasagna. Oh. And like yeah. to and not like, work I'm out. Go in a basement. Yeah. Just not see the light and eat. Exactly. And TV. Yeah. Yeah. I really respect people in colder climates that like get their workouts in. I do in. too. I do too. Mm -hmm. I see this girl that works for Maybelline. I follow her and she has like her own account and she's a runner and she'll be like posting running through Central Park. No, it's insane. It's the runner below zero and I'm like, you're just cut from a different cloth. Yeah. You're just a different breed and you're built for this. There's something in you that just pushes you out. They're built different. Yeah, you can't live without it. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. I wish I had a little of that in me. Really? It's Are you to get routines okay, back do, for me? Do you have a solid routine or are you kind of all over the place? Uh, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm all over the place. I'm an early riser, mm -hmm. so I'm up like between 5 and 6, sometimes even earlier. Um, that is very Chris Jenner of you. I fall asleep really early too because of that and I've well I've never been a late night person I've always said like I could have gone out I could go out until five o'clock in the morning which I did for a long time in my younger years and I would be like up at so sorry I would be up at <laughs> I, I banged the table so <laughs> She's like, I, um, <laughs> I would be up at seven like tapping my fingers waiting for my friends to wake up Get so out. we could rehash the night I just I wake up early I've always woken up early that's the way I'm programmed and mm -hmm. I'm so glad because because I think it serves me well in life. Yeah. Um, so routine-wise, I I go through phases, especially with working out, and I am not in one right now. Like it's hard to me, get back in it. The first thing in the morning workout is the only path to success. And if I say I'm going to take a nine o'clock class or a ten o'clock class and get a bunch of work done before then, I'm never getting to that class. Oh really? No, never. It's just that I get in a groove and I get busy. And so it really is. I've gone through years where I've been up at like five and I go to the gym or I go to a workout or whatever. And that's when I feel my best and when I'm the most fit. Mm -hmm. um, but I've gone I've done it all. I've gone through like major hardcore boot camp stages of my mm -hmm. life. I've been a spin girl. I've done run. I've been, you know, I've done a lot of half mm -hmm. marathons, not marathons. But oh my gosh, like, half marathon is crazy. That's, pretty, that's a big deal for me. I mean, I didn't oh my grow gosh, up yeah. athletic at all. So I just feel like, you know, I do my best. What workout do you feel like has been the best for your overall health? I think hot Pilates hot mat Pilates. Mm -hmm. Ellie's been doing hot Pilates with the reformer. Okay. Uh, I guess that's a big thing here now. Um, hot mat Pilates to me is the best workout 
for anybody's body. Like it's core, it's stretching, it's full body. Bo- it's full body, it's body weight. Mm-hmm. You can't really get hurt. To, I mean, unless you really do something crazy. There's cardio. It's perfect. It's the perfect workout mm-hmm. for me. Okay. Well, yeah. maybe I need to get back on my Pilates grind. Maybe. I mean, but and because you get the cardio in. Yeah. Pilates really bores me. Otherwise, I want to be I a do Pilates agree. girl. I just think it's so boring. And it you kind of walk out depressed. You don't get a cardio. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. You do that reformer and you're like, I don't know what I, I, you it wasn't good. I, I just, love feeling like, holy shit, I can't believe I just did that same. from a workout. Like, yeah. I'm a beast. Oh, you're doing F45, right? Yeah, How do you, you do? Love. I've never done it. Oh, my gosh. You would love it. I, I think. would. Yeah, yeah. I've been afraid of getting hurt doing it because I'm, you know. Well, you know what I it's love like, about not it? Not like CrossFit, is it? No, CrossFit, no, no. Like, I did CrossFit's that for a while. way more I tried intense, that I feel. Too. Yeah. It's similar in this like type of workout because it is hit and mm-hmm. and cardio like. and and they have two days. It's Tuesdays and Thursdays are strength training, but okay. the rest are hit. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love about it is that every class is different and it it's amazing because like if there's a station you don't like, it's like not that deep. You're there for 45 seconds. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like I like that. Orange Theory, it's a lot of running. And I don't know. For me, like I want to go to – the purpose of going to class is to do stuff I can't do at my own gym. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I and felt I, that way with Orange Theory that, too. Yeah. That's why I like F45 is because the cardio is just a little different than if I were to run right. on a treadmill because I do a lot of treadmill work like just at I my own gym. Me too. I love it. I love like a 12, 330 or yeah, yeah, all the things. Me Shout too. out Lauren Geraldo. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love that you can do interval like sprints yes. is my favorite. Yeah. Oh just my to, gosh. Like, wow. Walk and then do a sprint. Well, it feels so good. You can just it like does. bust it out. Yeah. And it feels good. And I like for working out, I want to feel like I really worked my body out. Yeah. Like I want to feel like a beast. Like I I, 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 I want to get well, strong. It's the mental part of it too, yeah. I think. I mean, it's the endorphins, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have so many questions okay. to ask you. Let's travel back a little bit yes. to your childhood. Wow. Okay. So you were born and raised a Midwest girl. Um, well, I was born in California. Oh, you were? But my whole family's from Chicago. My parents moved to L.A. when I before I was born. Get and out. And then ended up in Santa Barbara, and that's where I was born. Okay. And then we lived in Northern California until I was nine. And then my parents had long been divorced, and my dad was raising me, and he got a job offer in Chicago and was like, this is a way better place to raise a kid. It is. Especially, you know, we yeah. lived in a little beach town in Northern uh-huh. California. He loved it, but he worked a lot and he commuted. And I was I was like a latchkey kid by seven. Seriously. Wow. Like seven or eight. That's how it was. We were just on our own. Wow. And, um, and it was the same when we got to Chicago. But he moved me there. And I think it's what I'm most grateful for. I'm so glad I grew up in the Midwest. I love it. So do you feel like you're a Midwest kid? Yeah. Truly? Okay. Yeah, I do. I don't, I've lived in California again. I, in fact, I met my husband in New York 25 years ago and he was like, oh, I'm from San Diego. We met in a bar in New York. He said, I'm from San Diego. And I said, oh, nice. I'm never living in California. I had no interest in being back here. And I've lived here now for 23 years. <laughs> and I That's lo- what love yeah. does to you. I know. I know. It's just I really love the Midwest. I love the East Coast. I love New York. I don't know that I love, like, the entire East Coast. Uh-huh. But I do really like the Midwest. 
On the other hand, I don't know how you feel, but I don't think I could go back. I don't know that I could live in Chicago again, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I spent years fantasizing about it. Like, I want to raise my kids there. I want to be in the suburbs. I like the way they live. I think it's a great place to grow up. Absolutely. I think it's a fantastic place to grow yeah. up. I loved my childhood. And it really is the all-American movie suburban childhood. Like, it the is. soccer practices the carpooling the orange slices like it's just it really is out of a movie you do get that here and that's Mm -hmm. how my kids have grown up in san diego we did it all all the sports all the teams all the birthday parties and Mm -hmm. all of it it's all the same it's more of a personality thing and just a culture when i meet people from the midwest i know it immediately really i can hear it in your voice and it feels to me like we grew up together. We just uh-huh. had a very similar experience growing mm-hmm. up. And I don't know that that's the same for people who grow up in California. So you moved to New York at what age? I moved to New York at 24. I met my husband at a bar when I was 24. Was and that's planning. when you moved I was New York? working at a PR firm in Chicago. Okay. And my job sent me to New York all the time. And I was planning to move there. My boss was going to be okay with it. And I was going to figure out the timing. And I met my husband. And he was living there at the time. He lived in San Diego half the year and in New York half the year because of his job. he, He worked for the chairman of a company who went back and forth. And I just moved my, I like, sped it up by a few months and I we fell in love and he was like you can move in with me so I did and it was crazy I told my boss I'm moving to New York with or without the job he said you can have your job we'll figure it out we'll get you an office shut up yep and put me in an office and I moved into a studio apartment literally the size of this room with my new boyfriend oh my gosh it's incredible that we survived and made it it's it's crazy. That is insane. Yeah. yeah. And I was 24. What What's the age difference between you and your husband? A year. A year. Yeah. So is he, so he tw- was 25. 25. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. what you were doing PR at the time. I was doing PR. So I started a PR firm in Chicago. I decided I wanted to go into PR. I didn't finish school. I hardly went to college. Okay. Where um, did you go for a little just a community college okay, and then Columbia College. I took a class, but oh, wow. I, I didn't. I just wasn't. Um, I had a very, very rocky childhood. Uh-huh. We moved a lot. I'm an only child. Um, my dad remarried. Oh my gosh, you do not seem like an only child at all. My mom's an only child. Really? I can't wait for you guys to meet because I'm not kidding you, you're going to be besties. I, we, when we get to talking about Indiana, I was driving here and I was like, I need to tell TK that I need her mom to look out for my son, who oh. is most likely going to IU next year. She absolutely will. And she's a professor at, at the Kelly School. Oh, that's where he's business. going. Oh he's my God. going to Kelly. Yeah. yeah, they have to. You When you visit, you guys should meet We're going and hang in out. A few weeks. You can literally stay at her house. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much to Apartments.com for sponsoring this episode of Making Moves. Apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect places. And the beauty is they're all different. None of us are the same, so why should our homes be? Someone may want hardwood floors. Someone else may say, carpet all the way. Questionable call, but hey, to each their own. Some may want a doorman. Others may say, I can open the door myself. But Apartments.com has all the right tools to help you find the place that's uniquely perfect for you. 
sort through the filter listings by amenities and make sure you never miss out with their instant alert option with more than 1 million available units for rent you're sure to find a place that's right for you. So whether you're looking for a place with a basement, a yard, a pool, or everything in between, Apartments.com has got you covered. Visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I personally love Apartments.com because it is so convenient. I get on it all the time when I'm bored or when I'm actually on the hunt for an apartment. I'm thinking about moving this year, so I've been using it like crazy just to start browsing and get ahead of the game. And the website is so user-friendly. I'm a huge fan. I want to talk about meeting your husband. Okay. I'm going to, I go to visit my roommate, my former roommate, and we went out. We were just going from bar to bar, and his friend started talking to me, and I wasn't interested in his friend. And he came up, and you know, the funny thing about Rick is he wasn't my type at all. What was your type? I was just like, I liked kind of more bad boys, and that sounds so corny to say, but I just, like, <laughs> I, mean, who I was dating, like, a su- like super Chicago Italian guy before him. Okay. And before that, kind of also not just, like, a more of a, like, a, I don't know, like a, tr- not troubled, but just, like, a darker, like, okay. you know, but fun to be with, like, loved going out all the time. Yeah, yeah like. That, you know, like just like to party, like to be out all the time. That was my type. It wasn't sustainable as a type to like marry. Mm-hmm. I also was 24. I wasn't like trying looking to, to marry. land a husband. I yeah. just, you know, wasn't looking for that. But we met and it was really one of those moments where I think, I don't know if I was his type either. Like we were just, we just started talking and we at, and at a bar. At a bar. And we immediately started pouring our life stories out to each other. I I don't know how. I don't remember why. But we just like somebody said something and someone said something back. And it was like, my mom's an alcoholic. Well, my mom's an alcoholic. My mom hasn't raised me. My dad didn't raise me. My this, my that. Like we just started to kind of. You got deep. We went deep at the the club. Yeah. Very, very. very fast found love in right? a hopeless place yeah literally. we did exactly yeah. no I mean it's such a and what's funny is that for years I was embarrassed to say that we met at a bar I'd be like oh we met through mutual friends to this day it's been 25 years we do not have one person in common if we hadn't met at the bar that night we may not have ever met I don't I don't know wow mm-hmm. how do you feel rare. about that that's pretty yeah do you feel like it was just one of those things that was meant to be I think so. I mean, I think that marriage is a is a combination of, you know, meant to be at the time. I think you meet when you decide to stick with someone, you do it based on what you know about yourself and what you want for your life at that time. Mm-hmm. You cannot anticipate what's going to happen or what it's going to be like or how you're going to get through it or how you're going to navigate mm-hmm. any of it. So I just think that it was meant to be then, and then we made it work. So I think it was meant to be that we meet people like each other because we both had the same similar backgrounds, different but similar. Mm-hmm. We both had the same work ethic. That's probably why I started talking about work. We both had the same drive, and our number one goal individually, and then it became together, was to re start and build the life that we wish that we had had growing up that's really sweet and to I always say like to to regrow a family tree we Mm -hmm. really needed it we came from multiple divorces 
Um, I'm an only child. He had one sibling. Like we just didn't, we don't come from big families and we both really wanted to create a tight family. And that's Mm -hmm. what we've done. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's insane. Into it. Yeah. Good for you guys. Thank I mean, you. Con- I'm like, congratulations. That's easy. That's, no, it's that been is the hardest hard. thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you don't know what the hell you're doing. We didn't know anything about being married. When we hit hard times, when we didn't think we were going to make it, because I don't know, I would assume most marriages, I every marriage I know has hit times when you're like, I don't know if I can do this. And we hit some rough times earlier on. And everybody in our life, from both sides, family, friends, most, the majority of people were like, eh, so get divorced. Like, you'll be fine. Your kids will be fine. We did it. It's fine. Everyone will be okay. And there was something in us that just knew that's not what we wanted. It wasn't going to mm-hmm. be okay. I didn't want my kids to be with another. I didn't want my kids to have a stepmom. I had, I didn't want that for them. It was so hard for me. And same for him. He didn't want, mm-hmm. we just, made it work mm-hmm. and you know we love each other obviously a lot and we're best friends but how we got this far it's a freaking miracle that is amazing i mean so so crazy i i love that yeah i mean from meeting in a bar and not having any reason to have met it's pretty remarkable it is yeah. absolutely <laughs> okay so i want to talk a little bit about dating in general because I'm 26 and a lot of people that listen to this podcast are around my age in our mid-20s or our young 20s and dating is hard it's so hard I'm sure you know I can't wait to talk about vicariously through Ellie okay and a lot of theories that I've been thinking about lately when it comes to your your generation and your age group okay I would love to hear that okay knowing what you know about dating these days and having a successful marriage yourself, what advice would you give a young girl like me who is trying to find someone to date for realsies and yeah. take someone seriously? I've been giving this advice a lot lately, which is that you have to make decisions about who you're getting in a relationship with or who you're even pursuing dating with based on what you want your future to look like. So if you are at a point when you're thinking like, hey, this next guy I get in a relation get into a relationship with could be the one, then you need to start looking for someone who has the qualities and the potential for what you want later, not for what you necessarily want now. Like I said, my husband was not my type. I could have not talked to him very easily. I don't know what made that moment different. You're not ready for anything mm-hmm. when it happens for the most part. Um, But I do see that, A, I think that your generation in general, I hate saying that because it makes me sound old, but I think millennials, too, have been a little bit tricked into thinking that they need to find that perfection exists and that there's a perfect guy and you're going to meet someone who, like, matches my energy and has the same exact values that I have and wants the same thing and the same drive and is at the same level at the same exact time and we're just completely aligned and that just doesn't exist. So obviously you don't want to slouch. You don't want to be with somebody who's behind the eight ball in life or who's a loser. You don't want somebody who's, like, I mean, no losers you got to find a good guy. But – so that's that's the first part. So I think that like seeing the potential in someone versus like expecting for them to have it all figured out right now in this moment. In this moment, 
But make sure that like their life plan is part of your plan too. It's like a parallel. It's a parallel, but I think that the trick is that everyone's got to have it all figured out and you're going to know exactly how it's going to be based on what you know right now. Like you have no idea what's going to happen. And as long as you see all the potential, Mm -hmm. then I think you can grow from that. You need to trust that they're going to be, they're going to keep it on track. Mm -hmm. And again, what I mean by what you want later is that attraction fades, it comes and goes. Um, You know, all the stuff that initially like really gets you excited when you first meet someone. I mean, all of that needs to exist to a certain point. I'm not saying settle on like somebody that you don't want to make out with. Mm -hmm. But just think about who this guy's going to be later Mm -hmm. and go for a nice guy. That was the other part. I feel like I'm getting off track. But find a nice person, like a nice, nice guy who's not going to mess around It's hard to be attracted to a nice guy sometimes. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's an easy thing for girls to do, for Mm -hmm. young women to do. You're just not, we're not programmed to like the guys that are nice to us. We find that like there's something wrong with that. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's our own self esteem. It's the way maybe like movies have programmed our brains, Mm -hmm. books. I have no idea. I've given this a lot of thought because I'm like, why do we like jerks? Why do we feel like, why do we want to chase guys? Why can't we let a guy be nice to us? I can honestly say my husband is the first guy ever. Well, no, he's not the first guy that was ever nice to me. (laughs) He's the first guy that I ever let be nice to me. Wow. And that's a huge choice. Why do you feel like you let him in particular be nice to you? I really appreciated that he had a plan. He he was like, come with me. I got a plan. Now, in hindsight, I look back and I have definitely resisted that plan at times. I was like, I have my own plan or I've been resentful of his plan. I mean, uh-huh. we lived a life that he planned more than we lived the life that, like I said, I never wanted to live in California, but I ended up living in California. Mm-hmm. I've built a beautiful family and I have a really great life that I'm grateful for, but I wasn't my plan. Yeah. I think there has to be some compromise. If you can find someone that wants to do the exact same thing that you want to do and, you know, you can make that work, I think you should try. But I really respected that he he had his shit together. He was like, I have a plan. I he was super, super responsible financially. I was not. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was <laughs> not. I was not. And he and I didn't grow up around that. I told you we had mm-hmm. like a lot of instability and it was like we either had it or we had nothing. And it was so stressful. And I always tried to pretend that everything was OK, especially growing up in just like a north suburb of Chicago. I just was always really ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. So I loved that he was like, I've got it figured out. I'm going to take care of us and we're not going to go without I was more more vulnerable to that at that age. So things I made choices based on the context of my own life. Mm-hmm. But what I can tell you now, 25 years later, is that nobody's perfect. There is no perfect match. You can find the person that's best suited for you, but you'd be better off find meaning at that moment. But you should really be looking at the type of person who they're going to become later on Mm -hmm. and just choose really nice. 
What are specific characteristics or qualities young women should be looking in men as far as like a great potential partner? Like, I know you mentioned them having a plan, but what are other things well, you should pay attention to? Well, I, I will go back to being nice. I'll say yeah, it. Being nice. Number one, like be a good guy. Be mm-hmm. a nice guy. Be like the nice guy. Um, when it comes to money, and this is interesting, I just had a conversation with someone we know through Ellie's business. She's around your age, and she's dating a guy who is extremely nice, but very uptight about money. And that is my husband. He was so uptight about money, especially when we were younger. And it was such a turnoff to me. And I resisted it. And I was like, and we made, you know, I made a lot. I, 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 we made about the same amount of money and we both had really successful careers. He was so frugal and so on top of our money. And you say hot, but when you're married to it, yeah. you're like, oh, like, <laughs> shut up. I don't want to hear about it. You don't want to be that wife who's like hiding expenses and like yeah. carrying your bags in through the garage <laughs> yeah. and like shoving it in, you know, the laundry room and whatever. And when I look back at that time and how resistant I was and how much I couldn't stand it, I wish that somebody would have said, you should respect that and appreciate that in him so much and you should make it attractive because God forbid he wasn't like that, you would be broke. So And you know what's worse is being old and broke. Like being broke sucks, but being old and broke is a nightmare Mm -hmm. and a terrible way to plan your life. And now I look at my husband and I'm like, thank you so much. Thank you so much for protecting our future and for thinking about it constantly. Mm -hmm. What other characteristics do you think um, young women should look for? And a man. Paying attention to the way he treats his family and the people in his family is very important. Like my That's husband good. was so nice to his mother, despite a lot of stuff she put him through. And she was, you know, heart of gold, but had a lot of problems. And he was so devoted to her. He That's was awesome. so devoted to her, so patient with her, so loving and the same with all the women in his family. He was so patient and he was so nice mm-hmm. to them. And at the time when I was young, I was like, why are you so nice to her? She's such a bitch to me. And not his mom, his stepmom. Yeah. People like that. And, you know, back the hindsight's twenty twenty, But, you know, you, you're territorial when you're younger. Absolutely. Now I look back and I'm like, that was such a great quality. Those mm-hmm. are just one of his good qualities. Taking so. the high road. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking the high road. Mm-hmm. You have to like, you know, you also need to look for a guy who's going to make you number one at the end of the day. I don't think my husband understood that at first. It wasn't until his grandma, who had been married for 60 years, said, your wife is now your number one priority and whatever she says goes. Mm-hmm. So you always pick your wife first. If there's family problems, if there's anything, if she doesn't get along with one of your friends, you know, something, somebody offends somebody, like, it's your wife. Mm-hmm. And he listened. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. The other thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately is, again, how I feel like young women and, you know, your age to women in their mid-30s are making decisions based on kind of the present and themselves and then they're getting screwed 
They're waiting too long to settle down. They're waiting too long to find a guy because they've their standards are high because they're working, 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 making, making, making. They're totally finding that independence. Don't get me wrong. A hundred percent. They should try and do that. The worst feeling ever is not being able to take care of yourself if you need to. But just because you can doesn't mean that you have to and should all the time. Like I feel like it's happened and I'm seeing it a lot with my friends who have kids who are older and maybe had kids a little younger than I did. I had my kids when I was 30 and 31 um, and I have friends who are older than me. Their kids have waited to get married in their early 30s or try to even start thinking about getting married in their early to mid 30s. And then by the time they're ready to have kids, they're pushing 40 and they can't. It's just too hard. They can't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. And so I think if you know you want to have a family, that goes back to kind of your original question. If you know that you want to have a family and you know you want to have a, a guy that's a good dad and a good provider and like make your choice based on as much as you can make that choice based on your future now Mm -hmm. instead of like a lot of the other things like find a guy who you think is going to be aligned later yeah when I met my husband he was like I want to have a family I definitely want to you know have kids I want to be a great dad Mm -hmm. it's the most important thing and I felt the same exact way Mm -hmm. and I still was able to work I had a great career he had a good career, but we did have to make some sacrifices, even career-wise at times, because we had kids. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think people struggle with, though, living in a big city is like, yeah, it isn't really normal to get married really even before 30 Mm-mm. in a big city. And to your point, like the whole being fertile and like trying to get pregnant and stuff, that's a whole other you know, ball game. But the thing is, is like in a big city, no one, especially men, like men aren't taking anyone seriously. If you know you want to have a family, you should probably figure out when you want to like make changes in your life Mm -hmm. to find the right person and settle down with to have a family. Because once you get to a certain point, you can't get that time back. Not that this was meant to be a scary conversation about fertility, but, like, you cannot go back. I mean, yeah, of course, you can do all the treatments and you can do, you know, you can get a surrogate. You can adopt. There's lots of options, Mm -hmm. right? But if you know you really want to have your own family, that comes with sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It comes with making decisions. It comes with choosing someone who you're maybe not 100% sure, but you're not ever going to find that. Marriage is hard. It's mm-hmm. the hardest thing you're ever going to do. Raising kids is some one thing. Marriage is a whole other. Do you think marriage thing. is harder than raising kids? Absolutely. Really? Why? Yeah. Unless you have no parental instinct, not in a bad way. You know how I describe marriage? It's a choice. It, you decide you want to be married, you act like it. If you decide you don't want to be married, you act like it. So everyone goes through phases where they don't act like it and they're fighting all the time and they're finding ways to make it not work or to resist, not everybody, but a lot of marriages. Mm-hmm. And the other choice is like, I wanna be married, I wanna stay together, and you get older and wiser and you realize that the alternative is not better, that the grass isn't greener, that it would be really hard to break up a family, but even if 
you don't have a family. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard. Dating is hard at any age. It's so hard. Yeah. I fear that I've gotten a little too comfortable being alone. You have. Yeah. You do. I, I fear that I... Well, what's dating like now for you? I mean, right now it's pretty, like, non-existent. Like, I don't... That's what I'm saying. I was like, I don't even really think about... Like, right now I'm so work-focused, which is awesome, and I'm, like, building this career, and I'm so grateful to, like, be in this position and have the opportunities that I've gotten. But, yeah. like, in the back of my head, I'm like, shit, like... I'm building this awesome career, but I don't want to build it and get to where I want to be and not be able to celebrate it with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would love to build it with someone, but like, it's just, it's hard because there's so many options. The apps are crazy. Like the algorithms on the apps suck. Like you said, when there's so many options, like it's hard for people to settle down. Anything is possible. I'll just say, again, I'm not trying to offer all these scare tactics. It's not. It's just reality that, like, if you get to a stage where you're like, what I'm doing isn't working, I've tried and tried and tried, and now I'm at the age where I'm getting a little bit restless and or a little bitter and or a little bit skeptical. We don't want that. I think that is the key, is recognizing when your pattern isn't working. Yeah. And the reason I haven't fully given up on, like, LA or just dating in LA because I feel like I haven't even given it a true shot. How long have you been here? I've been here for eight years. Okay. Um, But like as of recently I've been like okay I actually do kind of want a boyfriend. Like it's it has been a long time since I've been like I seriously want a boyfriend. And that's why I've been like it's been on the horizon to take dating Good. more seriously because I ha- I haven't been at all. And I've truly haven't given it a shot. Like I haven't been putting in when people say like you just got to put in the reps. Is like there go a on reason? dates. Um, yeah, I think like a lot of things like time, um, work, fear of rejection. Um, it also like the t- to the time aspect. It's annoying when you like do go on a few dates and it's like that was a waste of time. Yeah. Like it's just um, – discouraging yeah I can't even imagine going on two years straight of consistent first or second or third dates and I have friends that they've done yeah. that they put in the work I'm like you deserve this more yeah, than yeah, anyone. yeah exactly you know because that's not I haven't done that and yeah. that's why I feel like I've gone a little too comfortable like being on my own because I truly haven't like put in the reps yeah. when it comes to date I don't feel like I'm so burnt out from dating. I feel like I haven't even fully started. Okay, I want to shift gears a little okay, because we've been talking about dating for so long. I want to talk a little bit about you being a mom because okay. I feel like I look at you and Ellie as being this iconic mother-daughter duo, but I feel like you are really doing the whole mom being on the internet thing right. Oh, and a really? lot of parents don't, Thank in you. my opinion. Yeah, this Thanks. is just my opinion. So... What are life lessons that you have instilled into your children that you feel like should be instilled into everyone? I had a motto that when my kids and when my kids got out of the car and I dropped them off at school every day, I would tell them I would say the same thing every day. Work hard, be nice and don't take any crap. Okay. Where'd you get that from? I made it up. Okay, you made it up. But (laughs) I, I realized as a mom pretty early that. If you take crap in your life, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm from Chicago. I don't like, we're from yeah. Chicago. We're from the Midwest. Yeah. We don't take anyone's crap. <laughs> we're from the Midwest. We're of from course the, we're not going to take crap from anyone. we're not going to take your crap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so 
I I just realized when my kids were little that you can either try to be everybody's friend and try to make everybody like you and try to like and take a bunch of crap while you're doing it. Or you can have your own standards and you should be nice to people, but you just shouldn't put up with, you know, being bullied. You shouldn't be put you shouldn't put up with being mistreated and you need to learn how to decipher that you need to understand and I think that's lost with a lot of moms where they want their kids to get along with everybody I don't understand that I don't understand going into the world and having the expectation that you're going to get along with everyone and that everyone's going to like you and you're going to like them too that's just not realistic Mm -hmm. so figuring out how to navigate that by being nice and not letting it distract you and obviously continuing to work hard and and just don't put up with crap. I think if I didn't instill that in Ellie in particular, she would have never made it past her first week on TikTok. There's just no way. Yeah. There's no- You deal with a lot of crap on the internet. And her in particular, I mean, she's taken a lot. She continues to take it. I don't know how she's built for it. But at the end of the day- Thinking that and thinking that what's important to you should matter to anybody else just kind of creates a crutch, mm-hmm. good, bad, or ugly, and it and you just need to really look out for you mm-hmm. and don't expect that people are going to pick up your slack. Totally. Totally. I love that. I want to talk about mean girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it get any better the older you get? Dealing with mean girls. No, I don't think so. What changes is not necessarily that the mean girls go away. It's that you get rid of them and you just, you know, I have a friend that says you weed your garden on a regular basis. And Oh, I love that. I've lost. Yeah, I've I've given up some quite a few friends over these later, you know, years in the last five years because there's just nothing there. And you get to a place in your life where. The idea of spending time with people that you don't enjoy being with sounds so unpleasant. And I would just rather be by myself than Mm -hmm. be with people that I don't really enjoy being with or that most importantly that I don't feel safe with. Mm -hmm. So if I Wow, that's great. That's a big thing for me is like feeling safe in a friendship. So for example, I still stayed in touch with some of the mom friends. Uh Uh-huh. The raising kids, mom friends. We've known each other since our kids were in kindergarten, and uh-huh. you know we still have this common bond. And I realized that I felt like, especially because of Ellie and her career on social media, they were all talking about me, and I would get glimpses of it where they would like we'd go for coffee, and she's like, "Oh yeah, we were at like a thing, and so and so was like talking about whether Ellie was going to college or what da da da," and I'm like. That's interesting because if you were really my friend and this happened a month ago, you would have picked up the phone and called me and told me on the spot that someone was gossiping about me. And mm-hmm. to me, you're, that's not what friends do. So we can't be friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't feel safe with you. So uh-huh. I don't know what I'm telling you that you're going to share at your next book club. And I don't know. <laughs> I just like if I don't feel like we're really that connected and we're meeting once a quarter for coffee and you have these like little moments where you like slip in that people were talking about it's me we are our neighborhood, behavior. then yeah. I'm not safe with you and I don't, this does nothing for yeah. me. So in the Midwest, the thing is with the moms is the Bible studies. Okay. A- AKA shit talking gossip yeah. group. Yeah. Like 
and the irony of it being called a Bible study is hilarious. A, yeah, it like totally. couldn't be funnier. Of course, because it literally is Bible study, aka gossip group. Like it's insane. Of course, it's insane, and it feels so ugly now. Listen, that's the that's probably why I don't think I can go back to the Midwest because I've thought about it. I've been like, maybe when we retire, we'll like go to the Midwest half the it's year. It's catty in a different people. way. If you this is very tricky about growing up and becoming an adult is when you spread your wings and you go off into the world and you do a whole bunch of really cool things like and and then you become you build a persona, you build a following, you build, you know, you become a public figure mm -hmm. in your case, like all these things change. And so it's very difficult to go and relate to people who have never left and never taken chances mm -hmm. and never taken any risks or maybe those opportunities didn't come their way. Whatever it is, it's it's like, you know, finding a relationship is hard later in life, depending on what you've done with your yourself and your life and your career. It's hard to to fall into a good mm -hmm. friend circle. I think that's why the old friends count and mean so much. Yeah. They're still your old friend. I mean, cherish that's them. That's the best. Cherish them. My childhood friends, there's nothing that makes me, there's no one that makes me laugh more or understands me more because those are the people that actually know me and know I'm literally the same. Yeah. They are the ones that are there for me and yeah. show up for me or whatever. But I do also have like a few ride or dies that are like in the industry that I'm so blessed and grateful to have but the older i get the more sparse they are mm -hmm. and like uh, you know quality yeah really over quantity yeah and i'm really understanding the difference between an acquaintance and a true friend mm -hmm. and and that was at first a hard pill for me to swallow because i was like wait like these are my friends but like the reality is is they're my acquaintances and that's fine you know what's interesting is I like that you said that because I think what I'm lacking now is more acquaintances to just do things with. That's why I was saying I'm kind of in this mode where I want to make new friends. Okay. And like, do I start like do I start playing tennis? Yeah. I don't really want to do pickleball. It doesn't appear. I mean, it's fun, but it's not my. I thing. love pickleball. I love it too, but I just don't know that I want to do yeah. pickleball. Maybe I will. Yeah. But I've been thinking a lot about this need for like. What I had with the the mom group, yeah. But now in the empty your extracurricular nest, friends, yeah, like like the more social friends. Maybe it is a book club. Maybe yeah. it is a you know a sports thing. Yeah. Maybe it is something because I'm so much more mature and wiser. But also because I'm so mature and so wise. But like I'm <laughs> older and wiser, and also my my it's less complicated because our kids aren't involved. Having mom friends and kid who's ki when your kids are friends, it's so whole stressful. new level oh. of competition. Oh my too. god, it's competitive, weird, and it's Can't you know imagine. catty. And if the kids have an issue, then it turns into a mom issue. It's impossible for it not to. Yeah, I mean Ellie and I, we had a mother daughter situation it was like a nightmare at times and we all really loved each other yeah but if the girls got in a fight then she and i would get in a fight or if she and i disagreed on something we're all really strong personalities then the girls would suffer <laughs> and it was just too much yeah now i'm just like i just want to like small talk yeah. and brag about my kids and you know our husband complain about our husbands and you yeah. know do regular lighthearted stuff <laughs> 
I just want that. I just I just yeah. want to keep I it will really say, light. In the last year, I really have nurtured those like, oh, my pickleball friends, my like artistic friends, my mm-hmm. fashion friends, my like event friends. I literally have people that I call my yes. event friends. And it's like, I only see you at events. And I love that. And like, we yeah. can have our small talk and like catch up. But like, it's not going ever that deep. And it's like, we're always like supportive and here and there, but it's like yeah. nothing like where it would like hurt me if you moved away and like, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not Ellie about this. I think you did. And she learned, she really liked that you said that because I've said to her, you can put your friends in, in boxes, right? There are different friends. Like I used to say like, there are girlfriends that you can like go out all night with and tear it up that are on your level. Like your party friends, your party friends. And then there are friends that you will never go out with that you only go shopping with or you only like go to brunch with or friends that you only talk on the phone with yeah. that you've just known forever and you just have the best phone conversations but you don't ever see each other. Yeah. You it's okay to have all those different friends. Um it's when you're like wanting more from a friend or it's I don't the know expectation. it's the expectation. Yeah. The which second is kind of depressing but Yeah. Not if you've got a few of your ride or dies and you really appreciate and like, as long as you have them. like one or two people you can ultimately feel safe with in your life. I think mm-hmm. like that's the key. And then once I just started like essentially branding my friends, I'm like, okay, like these are my pickleball friends, these are my podcasting yeah. friends, these are my event friends, I love and that. like these are my influencer friends, and then these are my non disclaimer friends, which those I think are really important to have. Which I what is a non disclaimer so friend? There's someone I don't have to disclaim anytime I bring them anywhere. So I could bring them to one of my friends, Emily June. I'm like, oh, my God, you are such like this is how I know I'm tight with you because I don't have to disclaim anything to you or disclaim you to other people. So like we could go like to the shittiest dive bar ever and I would never have to disclaim it to her. She would have a great time and she would have a great attitude and she would be the best. But I could take her to like the most expensive, bougie Oscars party and I wouldn't have to disclaim anything to her because I know she'd be on her best behavior and I know she would be a blast yeah and vice versa there's nothing worse than someone you have to disclaim to another friend group like when someone comes into the group and you're like sorry like I promise they're not an asshole but like they might be yeah type of thing yeah I don't fuck with that yeah I I don't Uh -uh. have time for like people like that in my life where I'm like I have to disclaim them like 80 million times. Like yeah. they might be rude to or the waiter. Apologize. Oh, like, what I the know. Hell? Like, I had a friend like that. You know what well, I mean? She was the mom I was just talking about. Yeah. yeah I would like, like, you don't, I don't want to have to discla- disclaim yeah. you yeah. or disclaim people the, before I, you come. I call them everything friends. Like oh, okay. they can do everything. They can do everything. They yes. can do everything. And I always think like, I'm so grateful for my hometown friends. Cause like they truly can like, get out in the mud and like go camping and do the thing but they can also like I could take them to a really expensive bougie like you know party or whatever yes or gala or whatever it is and like those are like your ride or dies yeah but I had a friend like that and I know what you're talking about but it's the best because you can rely on them and trust them to walk into any room and have a good time and not throw a temper tantrum totally like anyone that's a grown adult and is like going into a room and they like don't like the vibe so they like complain and throw yeah. a temper tantrum i'm like absolutely or not threatened or they're uncomfortable Weird. or yes. they're anxious yeah. I, I know ellie struggled with that where 
you know, she's invited girlfriends to go on like brand trips with her or to mm-hmm. go to events. That's hard. It's, it's hard to pick very who, to, hard. who to bring. That's why I think for so long it's she brings been you. me <laughs> yeah. because I can talk to I the get PR it. girls. I was a PR girl. It's not as fun for her at times. I mean, it, we're com- you know, we have a good time together. Yeah. Um, but she was also on the she's always been on the younger side. So now that she's getting a little older, it's different. But she's tried to take girlfriends on these brand trips and they're so overwhelmed. It's a by lot. It. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. And we're like, oh, what's the big deal? Like, you know, mm-hmm. all the stuff and all of this and how you have to look and what you have to pack and how you have to put yourself together and all the free stuff and all of this. And you're just like, it's part of the deal. And it's so fun. And it's very And it's over- definitely it's, a first world problem, by the way. It's so everyone knows. Thousand yeah. percent. That's I was going to say that, like, it maybe it's not so much taking it for granted. It's just like this is just, you know, part of the deal. It's intimidating. And I I always say that to I just said this to a friend the other day. We were talking about Ellie and her relationships. And and I said, can you imagine having a friend at 18, 19 years old who did who lived lives her life? Could you even imagine? I don't know that I could keep a friend if I was just like, you know, living in a dorm or working my job and mm-hmm. living. You have my to be a really life. secure, confident, it's very hard person very to be hard friends to be with. Around yeah. It. yeah, and that's why I really appreciated the everything friends who, because I had this big job, I traveled all over. They're down. I had a clown. big expense account mm-hmm. at the time. That was my big. That was my PR. Uh-huh. You know, my free stuff. And I think that um, it was the friends that just appreciated it and were long for the ride and. And they just rolled with it Mm -hmm. the best. And I imagine you have to find the same. Which ultimately is a testament to their security in themselves and their Mm self-confidence and in who they are. Because no one that isn't secure in themselves is going to act poorly. Goes back to what I said, though. We don't have to be friends with everybody. We don't have to be like, not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to like me and vice versa. And also some friends are just chapter friends season friends seasons totally I say chapter and book some mm-hmm. friends are in your whole life book and other friends are or just chapter, chapter oh, I love or, that. or chapters but not everybody's meant to be your book mm-hmm. your whole book mm-hmm. and most people aren't so it's i don't know yeah <laughs> well Speaking of our book, I think, I think it's coming to an end. I, I think, know. Oh, my gosh. Um, I know. I'm like, I feel like I'm talking too much. No, I, I loved this conversation with you. And thank you so much for instilling such wisdom in us I today so. and sharing all of your life experiences. It was truly, um, thank you truly a treat. Me. I hope I w- I'm going to walk away and be like, I don't even remember anything <laughs> that I said. But... I'll stand by it. Yes. And I'm so excited um, for you. We didn't even really talk about your own social media, which, by the way, you guys have to follow her. You're one of my favorite accounts to follow. <laughs> Thank you Thank for you having so me. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Thank you. And I'm so glad to be here. Me Thank too. you. I don't know if anything that I said was helpful, but I, I hope. It absolutely was. Where I can hope. everyone follow you? Um, Sarah G. Zeiler. Somebody grab my other name, my real name, Sarah Zeiler. Okay. Um, on Instagram, it's Sarah Zeiler. I don't post as much there. On TikTok, I post about skincare, makeup. Love her TikTok videos. Yeah, and then just like my life as a mom with my influencer daughter, and <laughs> I take you on our travels. And we like hardly even talked about Ellie. Ellie Zeiler is her daughter. Yeah. I'm sure you all know that already. <laughs> but anyway, it was so awesome Thanks having for you. Having me. And I can't believe we talked for this. I know, I know. And be sure to make someone else's day this week, you guys. Peace.